You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, guys, we have another member of Thrice on for their own episode. Now, I know I said I had everyone on for their own episode. This one is actually making good on that because uh, Ed and Riley both came on at the same time to talk about less art on an episode which we counted as an individual, but I've got Riley back on the show. Riley Breckenridge from Thrice is the guest today. I am so stoked to have him back. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the pandemic, of course, and what that's done to the band and what that's done to him as a father. And just, uh, you know, we don't talk about that stuff much, but on this one we did, and, and uh, it just felt fitting for what we, you know, how it started off. So I'm really glad to have you guys back week after week. Um, I think you guys will enjoy this episode. Um, you know, I I just I love being able to put out these these shows every week for you guys and and see how they do. Uh, so stoked to have Riley on and stoked to have you guys here. Uh, let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. Uh, so peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com uh, is the email if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to send guest ideas, comments, whatever. Uh, I want you to head over and join the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. Um, you can search it in the search bar. There's not a, like a website for it because it's a private group. Uh, but sign up and we'll get you we'll get you signed in. We'll get you accepted into the inner circle. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to do. I was really against it for a while, but I've really 
uh, embraced it and enjoy having it. It's something cool to have throughout the day, throughout the weeks to check in on and, and communicate with you guys a little bit more on a big, larger scale. But uh, yeah, and I want to talk to you guys about the Punk Rock NBA podcast. Uh, it's one of the bigger podcasts on the podcast network, Sound Talent Media, uh, that we are on. Finn McKinty is the host, and I know you guys have probably seen his YouTube channel, uh, the Punk Rock NBA as well. Uh, but I found myself watching his videos quite a bit uh, on my lunch breaks, um, you know, in between appointments, things like that. I, they would always pop up in my feed and they were always interesting. You know, what? why did this band get big? You know, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, of interesting videos. And so I would always find myself watching them and, you know, hours would pass. I just kept watching them over and over again, like not over and over again, but different ones. Anyways, uh, but yeah, Finn has now turned into a podcast, and it's awesome. I, I The first episode I think I heard of it was with Spencer Charnas from Ice Nine Kills, who's a buddy of mine, and I wanted to hear Finn's style, because Finn is a you know business-oriented guy, a music fan, but also very just to the point, which I actually really appreciate, because he's kind of the opposite of what I do. Um, he, he really brings the valuable information that people are looking for and knows how to get it and does it very efficiently very efficiently um so if you if you like you know um his youtube channel you're gonna like his podcast um so a lot of his past guests include uh let's see matt halpern of periphery anthony fantano uh matt heafy of trivium big herc hoya of madball Tommy Rogers of uh, BT Bam, Between the Buried and Me. Uh, he's got stuff for everybody. Um, he's just a good dude. So go check out the Punk Rock MBA podcast. I believe it's prmbapodcast.com is the website, or you can just search it on Sound Talent Media. Um, but Finn is a big force on the internet, so you'll definitely be able to find him easily. But go check that out. All right, guys. So without further ado, let's jump into my episode with Riley Breckenridge from Thrice. Hello. Hi. Yes. 
It worked. Dude. <laughs> I was trying to be cool and use my AirPods with the Yeti and it was not having it. So. Dude. It's all good. Oh, well, old man tries to figure out technology. Yeah, it happens every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. Anything going on today? Oh, man. You know, it's (laughs) funny you asked that because uh, (laughs) I did not know what was happening today until about 12 minutes ago. Oh, geez. I've been, I was playing with the kids and taking them out. My son got this cool Batman uh, pedal cart thing for Christmas. Yeah, he likes to go ride it around. So I took him riding that this morning. We did school and everything else, and then yeah, I hadn't looked at the internet or news really at all until I got Ooh. here to the studio, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> the memes are going to be fantastic. That's all I have to say about that. Bad, I think that they're already starting. Strong. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It, when did this start? Was this earlier this morning? Um. They had planned some sort of rally for today as a protest uh-huh. um, a long time ago, um, but it didn't really get out of hand until the cops let them storm the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of let them go in and <sighs> take selfies in Congress and like, I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, I don't really understand it. I'm trying to like be aware, yeah. but also not obsess over it because it's unhealthy to do that. So. Yeah. I mean, we're on the other side of the, the country, but it's, you know, still our country it's happening to, but yeah. we're pretty far removed from the physicality of it. Yeah. Um, man, what a crazy, what a crazy thing going on right now. This is nuts. It's- how it's in a, 2020 can you storm the Capitol? Like how? It's a weird time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is just a weird, it, it is a weird, weird time. Yeah. And uh, to think about how people are going to look at this. Yeah. In 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 100 years from now. Yeah. What the hell? Dude. Isn't it crazy that right now there's so much footage being taken and documentation being made from all of us, let alone the people that are actually there, versus when something like this may have, would have happened or an event like this of this magnitude would have happened, you know, back where there's just black and white photos from people mm-hmm. that were there that happened to have cameras. Like we have right. audio, video, text messages, everything. The amount of history we're going to have documented 20 years from mm-hmm. now, but also how skewed it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be outrageous. I can't even, I can't even begin. <laughs> I, to yeah. I try not to think about it too much, but man, you know, that has uh, varying levels of effectiveness. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, something, something lighthearted about a horrible situation that I was going to bring up anyways, first off <laughs> is it's kind of funny because I think about you every day and this is, and let me preface this. So let me, or let me, let me, let me, uh, qualify this. I think about you every day because when I put my kids in the car, Mm -hmm. I'm of course six foot five, I drive a sedan. So I have to like Mm -hmm. bend over and like 
sh- shoot myself in the back seat, buckle them in. I remember right. when you reached in the bus to grab your laundry or whatever, and your back went out, mm-hmm. and you had to almost like <laughs> you were you were down for yeah. a very long time. Yeah. So at some point every day when I put my kids in the car across my, do not do what Riley did. Like don't twist this certain way. So you go through my mind daily, which is hilarious to think about now. Um, and even this morning, it put my son in the car. I'm thankful that it's in a helpful way instead of like (laughs) that guy or, or just sitting and thinking Riley, Hmm. Mm. taking my, taking my daily, daily Riley break. But uh, anyways, that was right. uh, something I was thinking about this morning. I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. I mean, I'll bring that up because uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the deal. But uh, how, how's everything else going? You got a, you got a sweet background here. You got your little mm-hmm. setup. Are you, do you podcast from your house when you guys do the podcast? Um, we've been on break for, I want to say like four, four to six months or something. Yeah. I thought, um, I thought the last episode was like July, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I was doing it from my house and then I started doing it from the studio. It's just wherever I can have somewhere that's quiet and home is not very quiet right now. Yeah. Um, so I just come to the studio and do it here. The studio me like the thrice's studio. Yeah. Okay. So you guys have, you guys, I was, who was talking about this? Uh, you guys had a storage unit that was like ripped off, like a, like a, someone like went through the wall mm-hmm. and then like taped it back up again and like fixed yeah. it. Like it had never happened. Yeah. Where it was like, a, it was a public storage spot and yeah. it was one of the, uh, drive up spots that has like the, the roller door. Uh huh. Um, so each unit there is separated by like very thin drywall mm-hmm. and some, uh, ambitious soul decided to take down the drywall and move everything from our room, literally everything. Yeah. Like everything like down to old boxes of oatmeal that we pulled off the bus. Um, Jesus. Everything fan art, like yeah. just like maybe I had like some dirty shirt that I just threw at the end of a tour or something everything was moved out was swept out and then the drywall was put back up so our manager drove up to that spot rolled the door up took a photo and was like uh is this normal to you (laughs) and and we were like god no that's not normal like there was a lot of crud in there outside of just the stuff that we had at our studio at the time and the Mm. stuff that we would take on tour um and it was all gone. Wow. Yeah. Everything. 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 And Literally of course. Literally everything. And it was packed, packed to the gills. It was like the kind of storage space that you could park one car in, and it's probably about 10 feet high or something. And it was like packed to the rafters with cases and storage bins and cardboard boxes and just crates of crud. Wow. All gone. Dude. Okay. I was talking to, I've been doing a lot of these podcasts lately since I've been laid <laughs> off from work, like kind of a full-time gig. And, and, uh, yesterday I was talking to Chris Ballou from presidents of the United States of America. You remember, oh, you remember that? Right. Uh, yeah. 
and he was telling some stories about like Beck and um, Eddie Vedder and stuff. They all go back, I guess, a ways. But mm-hmm. he ran into Tom York, so they got ripped off in. Oh, I'm afraid I don't remember what city they got ripped off uh, at the hotel. This gang mm-hmm. would roll up and basically tour bus, van, whatever, take everything. Sometimes even the van if it was available, like to to take it. Right. Um, and he ran into <laughs> he ran into Tom York from Radiohead in an elevator at a hotel, like a I don't know, five or six story hotel, yeah. right? Not a long like trip, but somehow in that elevator ride. They, mm-hmm. they acknowledge each other like, hey, I know who you are. I know who you are. Got into a conversation and Radiohead had been ripped off the last time through in the same town by the same gang. Insane. Yeah. To get, for one, to get that out in an elevator ride up like five floors. <laughs> with right. Tom, And that's what you talked to Tom York about. I right. was a little confused. And then, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, then what happens with that? It all goes on. They are they taking it to pawn shops? Are they taking it to, is there this like underground network, like the, the dark web? That yeah. Because you guys have serial numbers, I'm sure, of everything or had it. Yeah. I would hope. We, we, we tried with a lot of stuff. We took it to the storage space was in the city of Orange and we took it to Orange Police and they were like, oh, yeah, it's uh, like meth heads or heroin <laughs> freaks. And they just... Yeah. They steal whatever they can steal mm-hmm. and then they sell it. it. They spread it as far and wide as they possibly can. So some of it's like Craigslist, some of it's eBay, some of it's like pawn shops. Um, luckily I tracked down my drum kit, one of my drum kits that got stolen um, a couple months later, I think maybe a month later, it doesn't matter. But um we we mentioned on our website that stuff had been stolen and uh, posted a few photos of stuff that we had pictures of. And uh, actually, Dustin's brother had a friend that was working at a guitar center in Cerritos, which is like 30 minutes north of Orange. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think Riley's uh, acrylic CNC kit is on the floor for sale right now because i had posted a photo of that kit yeah and uh i got that photo and i was like yes that's my kit and that's the custom kit like cnc made it for me Mm -hmm. did not make a bunch of them um so i drove up there and thankfully i got that kit back but i had like a vintage ludwig kit that got stolen a bunch of snare drums every symbol I've ever had since I was like 18 years old. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the guys got guitars stolen and, uh, pedals and road cases and everything else. And orange police ended up finding like a couple of the road cases. Some of them had been sold and then modified and they'd try to like resell them. Um, Mm -hmm. but, people are struggling and they need money and theft and resale is a way for them to make money, whether it's supporting a drug habit or supporting their family or Mm -hmm. paying rent or bills or whatever. Um, And we were just on the the short end of the stick for that one. Yeah, dude, I can't even imagine on that scale, how that would feel. We got our in, in the, after when I, 
right before I joined Portugal, I had another band that was touring and our trailer and, and stuff got stolen on Christmas morning off the van. Uh, like they took it off the van and stole it. Like it just Santa wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, Santa took it. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Right. That's good. Yeah, Santa took it and uh, yeah, it was just my my tools and, and like uh, tech gear and stuff. Like it wasn't anything like all my stuff was in the space. But that right. feeling of being robbed is so fucked up. Like ah, the, it sucks. It's so violating. Yeah. It's, you just feel like dirty. You feel like just uh, like what? Like uh, I can't even describe the feeling. It's just like that sour taste. Like, ah, oh, you know? Yeah. But then you yeah. think about like people get upset and they're like, you know, I hope these guys die or whatever. And other people are like, dude, I hope they needed it and it helped them out. You know, like, uh, right. It's hard. It's hard to think how you react until it happens to you, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Dude, that, oh, that's wild. So it wasn't a practice space. It was just a storage unit. Yeah. Okay. We had a, I think at the time we were still, I think we were still working out of, no, we were not. We had a, we had a space in a city called Santa Ana and then we had, um, that small storage space in orange. Cause okay. we had, we had moved some stuff out of a warehouse that Dustin's dad had, um, which is where we stored everything. And we had kind of hopped around from studio to studio. We had our own place like around, uh, alchemy index and beggars time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was small and the only stuff you could fit in there was like stuff that you would use to like rehearse for a tour. So it was like just drums and like maybe two or three guitars and your pedal board. And then everything else that we had kind of accumulated over the, our career mm -hmm. of being in a band was in the storage space along with a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah. Dude, that's rough. I, I, uh, How was that? Oh. Yeah. We're starting off on such a negative yeah. note here. Theft, theft is <laughs> theft is bad. Theft is bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How so? How are you guys faring right now? Like, how is your family doing? I mean, it, it, you were in a weird spot because, like, thrice being a successful band, it's not. I'm assuming this. It's not mm -hmm. as dire straits as a band that's touring in a van, just starting to break, uh, then shut no. down. Like, so right. you, you you have some some tenure and some um uh not clout's the wrong word you get but you guys are a very successful band right probably are able to weather some of this decently but how are mm -hmm. you guys faring with your family like you you've got your kids you've got your wife you're at home yeah. now full-time dad even more full-time than before yeah. i mean what, yeah. what's going on um it's it's complicated i want to stay positive so i will say straight out of the gate it's been amazing to be home and kind of unencumbered by uh having to go play a one-off or rehearse for a short run of shows or something we we're, we are super lucky we were at the end of a record cycle mm -hmm. we did the visu tour um and that would that we left for that tour around this time last year. So like mid January, mm -hmm. um, and got back from it on March 1st. And that's when everything started to shut down, but we really didn't have anything slated for 2020 uh, outside of like 
couple festival shows, um, like a makeup show from the Visu tour in Detroit, um, a cruise with Coheed and Cambria and a bunch of other mm -hmm. bands. Um, but like some, some decent shows with some decent income and it was stuff that was going to keep us afloat while we wrote and recorded what's going to be the next thrice record. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were kind of prepared to be home for all of 2020 and then hopefully leave for tour again around this time right now. Yeah. Um, and everything's kind of shifted, but being home with my family, getting to be with my kids, getting to make home feel like home instead of some kind of transitionary place. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, you know, when you're on tour, everything kind of feels like you're just constantly moving. So you're, you're, you're home, but it's temporary. You're on tour, but it's temporary. You're home again and it's temporary. And now it's like, I'm home and I don't know when, I'm, when it's going to be okay to play shows again. Mm -hmm. um, and that sucks. And not having the income from the shows this year has sucked and having to uh, shove everything on the thrice timeline, like back indefinitely also sucks, but being home with my kids and getting to see them grow up um, has been super rewarding and comforting in a lot of ways, even though a lot of the stuff around being a dad for young kids at this time is insanely stressful because I don't, I don't know how to explain what's happening to my mm -hmm. kids. Like being a parent is really fucking hard. Um, because you're responsible for the growth of these kids that know nothing else except for what you teach them and what you can, uh, the experiences that you can give them. And right mm -hmm. now there are so few experiences that are possible because of COVID, um, that it makes it really stressful. And I try to just make every day be about that day and not think about when it's going to stop or when stuff is going to change and, you know, everything's yeah. kind of trending in the wrong direction right now. And that's a lot to swallow. But as parents, I feel like we have to be able to compartmentalize the, the anxiety and depression, uh, that might come with the territory at a time like this. And then really focus on like what's going on at home and, um, what you can do to stoke your kids out mm -hmm. on a daily basis and help them learn and help them experience things. Even if it's just like in your backyard or in your home. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, there's my son was supposed to start uh, pre-K this year. My daughter was supposed to start preschool. These are like formative years for them. Mm -hmm. And if I think about them not having that, it freaks me the hell out. Yeah. But it's on me. I mean, the same way that parents had to deal with like the Great Depression or the Spanish flu or whatever else, like mm -hmm. they figured it out. There's a way to figure it out. And um, it's on us to to try to figure that out. So I do that to varying degrees of success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it is not easy. So yeah. Dude, it's not. Long, yeah. Long story short, 
Uh, I'm stoked to be home with my kids. There's a lot that goes on with that. Professionally, I'm freaked out, but we're going to figure it out. You have to figure it out. Yeah. Right? There's no choice. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's something, I mean, when we were younger, trying to imagine being responsible for another human being was, you couldn't even imagine it. Like you, you can imagine, oh man, maybe I want to have kids or, or yeah, one day mm -hmm. I'm going to have kids. You have no idea the magnitude that comes with that. If you're a parent right. that's around, of mm -hmm. course, parents split all the time and, and just take off. I don't know how, but mm -hmm. if you stick around, I mean, that's 90% of it is just being there, showing up. And the rest of it right. is just trying to make it happen. But I mean, yeah, the magnitude of that and then trying to get a child through this period of time. Because mm -hmm. uh and also, uh, you know, you and I both have have heart babies, you know, like mm -hmm. with heart issues at high risk. Yep. To where we have to be even more careful. Um yep. you know, even though they say it doesn't affect kids or anything like that, like you don't want to take that risk, you know, yeah, going I'm through not, something like that. I'm not like going to be a test case yeah. for, for that, you know. Exactly. But it makes it even more stressful, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially having young kids, but kids with 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 heart conditions, special needs, any of that stuff. All right. My mm -hmm. son's out there licking everything. Like I take him out to ride his cart around. He's almost 10. Like he's going to be 10 this year. He can't right. ride a bike. So he, we found this 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 cart and he loves it and he's riding around everywhere but he's like touching everything and licking everything and you're just like mm -hmm. this helicopter parent running around him uh yeah we bought a freezer the other day and my daughter has turned the box into a, a fort that she's had for almost a week now she spends yeah. her time in there she reads her books in there she Hell lets my yeah. son in every once in a while but these yep. are things like you just start to and, and normally kids would play with a giant box but this right. has become she's decorated it she's she's adding things to it <laughs> Like, because she knows she it's can't so play with her friends on the block. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, do you have, do you have, do they have friends close by in the neighborhood that they can't really see now? Uh, we were kind of in a unique situation because of my daughter's heart issue. Um, we kind of had to keep our son pretty sheltered so that he wouldn't expose her to anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would go to school and stuff, but, um, he hasn't been super socialized, mm -hmm. um, just out of protection for his sister. Yeah. Um, so they, they're not missing out on a ton of friendship outside of the kids that they would hang out with at mm -hmm. school. Um, my daughter, like I said, was supposed to start preschool. So that's when you start to have friends and it crushes me that she doesn't have that right now. Yeah. But uh, they're lucky because they have each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, having an only child that was like in that, like just starting to socialize age would, would really freak me out. Yeah. Um, so at least they, they have each other. Um, we have some kids on the street, but, uh, as far as getting together with them, it's just not, it's not safe for us yeah. right now. Um, because my daughter is at risk and um, everybody's kind of got varying levels of how, how serious they think COVID is, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you yeah. deal with that. Um, so we've tried to keep a, a really, really small bubble. Um, yeah. We only really socialize with my wife's parents. That's about it. I mean, I've yeah. seen my brother like, 
five times maybe masked in in the yard wow. um, seen yeah. my mom a, a few times i mean i've seen i've seen ed like in the summer thrice was doing some in-person writing stuff mm-hmm. but we were like airing the room out every hour we got these hepa filters like we were very everybody's masked up yeah like being very serious about it um but yeah we haven't we haven't really stretched out at all. I haven't seen anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's, uh, as a, as somebody who kind of prided himself on being a hermit, like <laughs> 10 years ago before I met my <laughs> wife, like this is, this is fine. Yeah. Um, but with a wife and kids and, uh, and family, it's, it's super tough, man. I, yeah. What was it? Didn't but, you have a website, hermitology.com or something like that? I did. I did. <laughs> or yeah, still do. Kind of my, my thing. I still do. I don't, I don't have time to deal yeah. with it or post yeah. on it, but dude, it, yeah. these are the, also the times where I think and the last time you and I saw each other was here in Portland on that visa tour. And I mm-hmm. had just lost my dad, like the September before that. And, and you and Ed lost your dad way before that. And I was kind mm-hmm. of hitting you guys up like, how do you, how do you help your mom? How do you help like the, the person left behind? And we had some good talks yeah. on that. I really appreciate that a lot. Um, oh, uh, just FYI, it was really helpful I'm and happy, it was so fresh. to help however I can. So fresh, but, but all these moments you go back and think about, at least I do how my dad must've felt in some of these situations, like not necessarily the pandemic, but mm-hmm. parenting situations and like, wow, yeah. that's how he handled it why didn't I handle it that way? You know, like, or you start to put yourself in their shoes and you gain a whole new respect for them and you can't call them. You can't call them and say, Hey, thanks for that. Or, or, Hey, what would you Mm -hmm. do here anymore? But you, you, I find myself going back into his head more than I did when he was around. It's strange. Like you just like, what was he thinking and how did he deal with that? And you know, it's this intense kind of, uh, freaky Friday kind of body switching thing, like trying to remember yeah. the day and remember the, like what he was doing that day before this thing happened or whatever, that's very similar to what happened with my son or whatever. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's times I've asked like, how did he get up in the morning? Like, oh, totally. how did he keep going? Yep. It's crazy. And I don't know if you've felt the same way. Um, <laughs> big time. Yeah. Have you got, um, does it give you peace or does it, I guess it depends on the situation. Uh, yeah, definitely depends on the situation. I would say, um, my dad was awesome and, um, he set a really high bar for me. So I try to try to meet that. Um, I feel like the biggest thing that I miss is just, he was like an endless well of knowledge. And then also like he always had something witty or pragmatic to say he was very pragmatic, very kind of like a flatliner, like nothing got him too up or too down. And I am not really like that. Like I can get real down or I can get real up Mm -hmm. and there's not a big, there's not a big middle ground for me (laughs) as much as I would like to find that. Um, but he always had this kind of even keel, steady flow, like nothing, nothing like rocked the boat too much, or at least that's what he showed me. Mm -hmm. So I have to work really hard to try to be that steady ship in a storm. And right now 
the storm is fucking big. Yeah. Um, so I'm so thankful for, for that. And as a result, I think about him all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully he imparted some good stuff, uh, to me when I was young, but I'm still, you know, I'm like anybody else. Like you, you become your own person and you have to yeah. deal with what you have to deal with. And, um, no, no, I'm just thankful that he was a, a good dad and I'm trying to be a good dad too, you know? Yeah. Well, he, I, I can, I can, I mean, he raised, he raised you boys, man. You guys are awesome. Like two of the coolest people I've met, I've met, you know, like just, you guys are so different from each other, you and Ed and, but so much alike in so many ways. And just, I get the, I get the even keel vibe from you, you know, all the time we've been together, but of course a lot of it's on tour and, you know, out of your, not maybe in or out of your element, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe Ed more so being more even keel. And and just mm-hmm. kind of like, he reminds me of he reminds me of Zach from Portugal the Man, where he's just Zach all the time, like mm-hmm. up down whatever. Oh, that's Zach. Like he's always you can always count on him to be like boom, cool, you know. Right. Van got stolen. All right, Zach. What are we gonna do? Well, okay, let's. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, that's the way I, it strikes me. And and uh, but it's just a it's such a such a cool gift to have that where you can look back and and kind of not necessarily compare yourself, but kind of just kind of bounce yourself off where you came from, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. see where you stick and see how you're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded there's this movie with uh, John Cusack called Grace is Gone. Mm-hmm. And have you seen it? I have not. Okay, so no. basically his wife passes away. He finds out the the kids are young. He looks at the kids like to tell them what happened and he says nope throws them in the car and drives to disneyland takes them to disneyland on one more vacation where they don't know that it happened and it is excruciating to uh, like thinking what's going through his head like trying to smile and be happy and breaking down while he's driving and they can't see it but he's going to give them one last like hurrah before oh. everything crashes it's heavy you should watch it it's, it's crazy brutal. it's crazy <laughs> i just keep taking us down the circle yeah, i'll <laughs> save it for a good good time yes yeah. but i would i watched it before i had kids and i still cried it was it was okay. uh it's 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 a beautiful movie but it's rough but yeah uh yeah i don't know that just kept popping into my mind but anyways um yeah <laughs> I, have, I just keep going down this depression rabbit hole because it's, it's, it's right. everywhere it's everywhere like uh but like when i want to talk to you about classic grit too here i want to like oh, just yeah. pivot because i'm really curious on how you started it why you started mm-hmm. it and where it is now because I didn't know about it. I don't know how I didn't know about it until Ryder told me about it when I, I ordered a hat from him because he he does stuff with the show all the time and, and mm-hmm. he made me like this amazing guitar strap and all this stuff. Like everything I'm playing now besides my amps is handmade by a friend, which is That's crazy, so even the guitar. And uh, it just feels so good and you, you get inspired by it. It's so awesome. And he's like, you need to check out Riley's stuff. I was like, what are you talking about? He's, he sends me a picture. And I was like, what? And I, yeah. I hit you up. How did that idea come about? I know it's, it, of course, it's baseball related, and you're a baseball, right. like baseball is partially your life, like music. Yeah. Um, tell me that story because I'm really curious because 
I love it when when buddies start stuff like this, like companies and and like yeah. make stuff out of nothing. Like it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um trying to figure out how to make this as short as possible because I tend to ramble. But um I met a guy through a soft, uh, like a slow pitch softball slash uh, weekend, like hardball league. Mm -hmm. um, probably about a decade ago. Um, and a lot of guys on both of those teams were kind of firmly entrenched in the Orange County hardcore and punk scene um, back when Thrice was coming up. Mm -hmm. So I met this guy. Um, he worked, I think at the time he worked at obey. So he was in like clothing and we kind of nerded it. We hit it off. Um, not only about music stuff, but our baseball fandom and our love of kind of vintage baseball gear and, um, vintage band merch from the, from the hardcore scene where stuff was like really clean and classic and iconic. And mm -hmm. we talked about how much of a bummer it was that you couldn't like go to the angels team store and buy a shirt that you would like want to really wear outside of like buying a Jersey. Yeah. All the t-shirts were like hyper stylized and loud and um, on crappy blanks that were uncomfortable or fit weird. Um, so out and then wearing a jer a baseball Jersey or a football Jersey, whatever sport you're into, that's like, that's next level fandom. Like some people just want to wear a t-shirt, a comfortable tee, mm -hmm. a comfortable hoodie. Um, so we kind of planted the seed, like just sitting on the bench during those games back then. And, uh, I ended up during the hiatus that thrice took, I worked with him at an athletic apparel company, um, mostly in shipping and receiving and then some customer service stuff. And, mm -hmm. um, he was in the apparel industry. I was kind of cutting my teeth in that industry. And we'd have a lot of time where we, it was just he and I in a, a warehouse and we just talk about like, man, we should start a brand that makes cool stuff for people who like music and baseball. Um, that is comfortable and cool looking and um, not necessarily team affiliated or locale affiliated, like just something that somebody like you and I can wear to a baseball game and feel like you're, you're repping the sport, but you're not necessarily wearing the gigantic print that says angels 2002 <laughs> championship that has like gold flake and like the shittiest font ever. Yeah. Um, so we kind of planted the seed back then and then just talked about ways to get it rolling. Um, and then we needed to figure out uh, a way to make it operate that was healthy for both of us because I obviously have a full-time gig with Thrice and mm -hmm. he's got a full-time gig at Stance now. Um, and we figured out a way to do that. We launched the brand in August of 2019. And right now we're just kind of trying to crank out stuff that looks cool to us that is iconic and kind of timeless that is on blanks that are comfortable and fit people well. Um, just trying to up the, 
up the game for people that want to wear baseball related gear that don't want to wear a shirt that fits them like a burlap sack or yeah a hat a hat that's over stylized <laughs> so um and it's been going cool i mean we have some traction with some some guys who are in the big leagues and who have played in the big leagues we got a lot of band guys who are also into baseball that are into it um and right now it's just about getting the product out and getting people to wear it and mm-hmm. uh experience it and be like wow this is really comfortable. Like this is one of the most comfortable shirts that I've ever had. Uh, and it looks cool and I could wear it like on stage or I could wear it day to day, or I could wear it to a baseball game. Um, so we're just trying to hit that Avenue and it's, it's been going well. I mean, launching a brand in the middle of a global pandemic and <laughs> recession is not yeah what we had in mind when we started it, but we're doing our best and um, we're super thankful for everybody who's supported us thus far. It's been all things considered really good. Um, Excellent dude. It's, it's such a cool, cool. it's a cool brand. Like, and it is exactly what you said. Like the, the, the classic hardcore stuff, like the super clean. That's when, when I went to the Instagram for the first time, I was looking through, I was like, this is all rad. (laughs) Like it was just exactly that super clean and fresh simple mm-hmm. not simple in a bad way but simple like it's it says what it needs to say it's consistent yeah. like it's it's uh uh what's going on guys this is dewey i want to tell you about some new releases coming up from equal vision records as you guys know equal vision records is my family and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and B-Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. 
And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, Synced Lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. I was just drawn to it immediately because what shirt sells the best on tour? It's the black shirt with the white print. Yep. Every time. 
Yep. You can make every your- time, every time thrice tries to get artsy with some design, it ends up tanking. <laughs> and then we just do the most basic, just maybe just thrice across the front yep. in like all caps Helvetica on a nice black tee and yep. it will crush. That's it. So that, I mean, that's what we're doing here basically <laughs> is just finding blanks that we like or customizing like this hat is like a custom blank that we made um and just trying to make it look and feel good yeah because that's all there's an old baseball adage just like uh look good feel good Mm -hmm. feel good play good and that's that's what we're trying to do with the brand pretty much dude there's another thing i've heard you say it may be on another pod may have been on on uh productive outs but and i don't i don't know if you made this up but it was genius um I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it, but it was like being a fan of laundry or, uh, um, oh, yeah. or, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't care who plays for what team you're a fan of the sport and you're a fan of players, but you don't necessarily right. care where that you'll watch so-and-so with the Astros or so-and-so with the angels or so-and-so with the, the Mariners. Like you're a fan of the, the, the sport. Absolutely. So you don't. And I've, I've never heard that said before. So I, that stuck with me. I was like, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of the same thing, like what you're doing with the brand is, is similar. Like you're supporting the sport. Right. It's great. Exactly. It's great, yeah. but it looks good. And, and the, what's the thrice shirt I've seen thrice play deadbolt. What is it? 472 uh, times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, which I think I'm probably, well, no, cause yeah, you're you guys up don't, there. I'm up there for um, sure, but, but not that many times, but that shirt probably sold like crazy. It's the simple yep. stuff. The the thrice shirt I have, the one I had for years till it finally wore out, was the one from Illusion of Safety. It was just the thrice, but it was with the weird, like kind of falling apart print. I think I wore yeah. it in like three or four different Anatomy of a Ghost promo shots. <laughs> yeah. so I was always wearing that shirt because it fit well, and it was simple. It didn't mess with anyone's color scheme. It was, you know, that right. was back when we all wore band shirts every photo. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you so you're do you guys print the stuff yourself? Uh, we have uh, a company that we're working with that handles all the production. Okay. Very good. Cool. We're, I mean, we're hands-on in all of the design details and type of print and everything like from the ground up. Like I'm not a graphic designer, nor is my partner, but mm-hmm. we'll hire somebody um, to make something that we like and we'll spend a lot of time getting it dialed in exactly the way we want it yeah and then we'll get samples of that and if it looks and feels good we will go ahead with it and if it looks and feels crappy we're not gonna sell it yeah dude and you learn the logistics side from working with your partner at the warehouse like picking up all these skills man yeah you guys have all been so good at that like just picking (sighs) up picking up skills being productive with your time like you guys are always reading books and 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 like Ed was always knitting something or, or, you know, every like working, always working, like, like bettering yourselves. It was always so inspiring to see like, you know, what are you guys up to now? Like, what are you up to now? Like every tour was something different or like now I'm doing this or, and it's so awesome to see that, you know, and and the, the creativity and the, the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, cause I mean, a band's a bunch of entrepreneurs. I mean, it's a, and it's also a merch business. I mean, yeah. Thrice is a t-shirt company right now. Like, 
you know, t-shirts yeah. and uh, what Ian McKay yeah. say, what record labels sell, what paper and plastic, like that's what they sell, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, we need to find a way to make that resume more appealing to the rest of the world. Like during the hiatus, I had to look for a job. Mm -hmm. So I was sending out resumes and trying to explain to people what goes into running a small business, which is essentially what you're doing with your band. Mm -hmm. um, it's so hard for people who are in the business world outside of music to really grasp what that, what the experience is. Yeah. Uh, mean, I, I, you know, you just have people that are like, Oh, that, that's not experience in the field or mm -hmm. this or that. And it's like, but actually let me show you how this translates into what you do with your company. Mm -hmm. And for most people they hear like you're in a band, they're like, Oh, so what bars do you play at? And what covers do you do? <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> that's not what I do at all. Yeah. Um, or it's like, Oh yeah. So what's your real job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, this is my real job and it's running a business. Yeah. That's funny. So. You brought that up the resume because, uh, I, I've done that where I think I put down logistics coordinator for, uh, whatever, like I've, I've fluffed my resume so many times to get jobs, but mm -hmm. I would actually put like a logistics coordinator or, um, uh, travel agency or whatever mm -hmm. for booking tours, uh, you know, logistics coordinator for, um, you know, fearless records or whatever, whatever label we were on getting the bands sure. to wherever, or, you know, um, would just take whatever the, the job we were doing technically and put the typical mm -hmm. retail or, uh, yeah. marketing behind it. Like basically just fluffing this thing with legit stuff. Maybe I wasn't yeah. the logistics coordinator. I was driving that, that week or whatever, but, um, right. making it so it would inspire a story later in the interview. Like, yeah. Hey, you say you worked for this doing this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mm -hmm. worked for them in, you know, America, Europe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and just yeah. kind of fluff because it was a job. Like it's not. Yeah. You got to put it in their, their language. Yeah. So they, and it, but even, <laughs> even still, when you get down, when you distill it down to like, so what was it exactly? And you're like, I was in a band. Yeah. You're like, Oh, okay. So then what did you do for your real job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was my real job buddy they just have them pull up youtube yeah like, this is what i did for my real job i did mm -hmm. get one job that was a really good job be for two reasons one because i was in portugal the man and the the guy I was hiring with was a big fan of the band and music in general mm -hmm. which come to find out later when he got home from the interview that day he's like you want to see who my new administrative assistant is to his wife she's like oh sure you got a picture of him no pull up youtube and he pulls it up. And he's like, that's him right there. And she's like, what? He's like, yep, that's my guy. <laughs> and the reason I got hired aside from that was because I was not a hot girl that had come in and applied for it. Because he's like, if I hired any of the people who came in before or after you, no one would take me seriously. Mm. Because they would be like, oh, that's why you hired them, right? Because they're like outrageous. Right. And and it, I don't mean that in a chauvinist way. It kind of comes across that way, I guess. But that's the way he put it. Like, I couldn't have someone take me seriously if they walked in and that person was sitting at the desk, but then you walked in and I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. No, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, he just wanted to hear stories all the time and everything else. But he, so the whole interview was kind of about that. Like, oh, right. he went here and did this. Like, it's like, 
this is a lock for sure. And that was just by chance. The yeah. one guy in that company that was into music. And uh, so, yeah, you get those. But mm -hmm. you've started it for yourself, which is awesome. You don't have to interview anybody. That's true. Until, until we get bigger, hopefully. Yeah. And then I have to employ some people. But Yeah, but you're, in the hot, you're not in the hot seat. Right. You're the one who puts his feet on the desk and says, tell me about yourself. Right. Dude. Oh, interview story. He had a bot. He had a bot. He went and interviewed at like the corporate level for the head of the company. Right. And this company. Uh, we'll just say it. Uh, it rhymes with Schmargett. Oh. And uh, so no fairly, fairly high level um, corporate uh, structure. And he was interviewing with the head of the company. And he showed up, walked in, sat down in the guy's office. The guy didn't look at him or talk to him. 15 minutes goes by. Guy's just doing stuff on his computer. All of a sudden turns around. Hey, tell me about yourself. And completely like put him on the spot. Like he was all on tense. Like he got flown there on a jet. Like, <laughs> like trying to like, do I say something to this guy? Do I let him talk first? First thing right. just spins around and says, tell me about yourself. And is totally on, got game on. He does that on purpose to, or did that on purpose to put people on edge. So if you want to try that, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds cruel and unusual. Dude. So, so how is, uh, how are you working on less art stuff too, or just thrice stuff right now? Uh, just thrice stuff right now. Less art was kind of amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know you don't need it's, to say that, but it was fucking awesome. It, it's a very, very fun outlet and I love it. Um, part of the reason stuff moves slow with that band is because we've all got other stuff mm -hmm. going on, obviously. Um, the other hurdle is due to geography. Um, our singer lives in Vegas our guitar player and bassist live in Oakland and then Ed and I are down in SoCal. So figuring out a day that everybody can like fly or drive out or a weekend, um, was tough. And thrice was super busy, um, mm -hmm. during the touring cycle for palms. So we were kind of kicking ideas around virtually. We got together like twice to write a follow-up LP to strangled light. Um, we made some progress and then thrice got super busy rehearsing for that Visu tour. So we kind of pushed the less art stuff to the side. Um, and then we got home from Visu and I was like, in my head, I was thinking, okay, so we're going to come home from the Visu tour, take a little time off in the summer, maybe record in like, September, October, a, a new thrice record mm -hmm. uh, of last year being 2021 now. Um, and then maybe I can spend some time on some less art stuff and then COVID hit and everything thrice related kind of got pushed further down the timeline mm -hmm. indefinitely. So the less art stuff has been super quiet and, you know, thrice has to take first priority as sure. it should. Yeah. Um, but I know everybody involved in less art wants to make another record at some point. I just, it's gotta make sense for everybody traveling right now is stupid. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. We're not going to get in person to write. Um, but we're getting to a point with the writing for the thrice record, 
um, which is all virtual right now. Yeah. Um, after some in-person stuff in the summer when stuff was safer. Um, we're getting to a point where that needs to be like a hundred percent of my creative focus. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we'll get to the less art stuff. I think, um, hopefully like middle of this year, maybe. Okay. And then depending on where we're at virus wise and vaccine wise, we'll see what's possible for in-person stuff, but yeah, Are it's you kind of simmering on a back burner right now. I, I would, I would love to, to get some more less art stuff. I mean, I, Me I, it's so good, Riley. It's, it's Thanks, so man. good. And, uh, yeah, it was just when it, when I first heard, it, I was just like, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what you guys should be doing. Like this is, and it seems like a band that needs to be in the same room to write stuff like that. Like it's just uh, to be, yeah. to be completely effective more so than I think with thrice you could probably you know be remote a little easier because everyone's mm -hmm. got so many ideas but less art seems like something needs to be hashed out in that jam room right like yeah like uh, indeed it's just so yeah I love it anyway but so hopefully you get to that because I've 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 yeah I champion that 100 because that oh, band rules thanks, man. um but like the thrice stuff so like when you guys were together in the summertime did any of the stuff that hashed out from then make it to now to where it's still part of this new record like did were you guys productive yeah. in that time or was it just kind of like treading a little bit no very very productive awesome. i mean like any record that we do um everybody writes individually mm. comes up with parts some people come up with most of a song some people come up with uh, a bridge a chorus a verse an intro whatever um so that we had been stockpiling ideas um, and the writing that we did during the cycle for palms was really on an individual level was really, um, really productive. Like we have a lot of stuff to choose from. Um, so during that Visu tour, we started to piece some stuff together and get a, a decent idea of where stuff was headed. And then kind of started to piece together some song ideas really really rough maybe just like a verse and a chorus or just a chorus but uh figured out stuff that we wanted to pursue for sure mm -hmm. and then when we got together in person in the summer it was taking those virtual ideas that people had cobbled together in logic or whatever like with me playing a crappy guitar idea i had and some drums i programmed or tepe playing some cool keyboard thing that he has and programming drums to that it was us getting in the same room and saying well it this sounds good to us but does it feel good uh when we're all playing it in the same room and what can we do with it if we are all playing together in the same room so the songs kind of started to gel a little bit more still nothing really like totally finished mm -hmm. but we made a lot of progress just um understanding how those songs would function when we're all playing together instead of just putting them together virtually. And then we kind of shut stuff down like maybe September of, of last year. Um, because there was like a limited stay at home order and then online schooling and people got busy and it was harder to find times to get together. 
but we still worked virtually and we're working to make these songs feel whole. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, once, once we have, I don't know if we're going to get together before we actually record or not because, uh, stuff's totally out of control in orange County right now. Yeah. The test positivity rate is bonkers. Um, yeah. And the cases per day are insane too, but, um, hopefully we'll get together to jam these full songs out. And then, um, we spent a lot of time getting this room that I'm in right now, ready to record in and we're going to record it. So I don't know when that's going to start, but I would say fairly soon. Yeah. And then, and then we just wait and see, um, can we tour? Can we play shows? Is live streaming the the right option? Um, but we're getting to a point where it's been, it'll have been three years between records. So we need to, we need to make a record. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going to work then? If say, say, say this continues till 2022, are you guys, so when you set it up to record, you're not going to be doing a bunch of live tracking, right? Like you'll be like, you'll come in and do your drum part, like a kind of a classic come in drums, guitar, bass, where one person's going to be in the live room. One's person's in the control room. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's going to happen that way? Or are you guys going to try to come in and get as much as you can live and then go over the top? I'm not totally sure yet. Okay. I, I think, um, I think some some songs that we've written so far or the framework for those songs calls for a more individual kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And others definitely call for us being in the same room if we can make it sound right in yeah. here. Um, and vibing off that energy mm -hmm. that you get when you record in the same room. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think we're going to because we have the luxury of having our own space now and we're not paying for studio time somewhere, mm -hmm. we have the luxury of experimenting a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I guess we have indefinite time now, even yeah. though it's important to put out a record. Um, who knows when the record's going to come out? Who knows when we're going to tour again? So yeah. I think we're trying to use the unfortunate situation in a way that can be extra helpful yeah okay. so we'll see yeah dude i wonder if you could combine a live stream maybe it's been done before but combine the live stream aspect and the recording aspect to where like a fan could put it like pay like a membership fee to something that has just like cameras going in the studio and just drop in and drop mm -hmm. out when they want to it'd be kind of weird to think about people watching but yeah you know people do that on for other things on the internet of course and make tons yeah. of money but if you could find a way to find a happy medium between doing like a professional live stream or having access to watching you guys record a new mm -hmm. record, like control room, live room, like just it's, pop in. That it's would be been killer. discussed a little bit. Really We're trying to figure that out. Possibly. Dude, that'd be so yeah. awesome. I, yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to execute it, but it's part of the, the grander scheme of things that we're discussing. That's very cool. Cause I, I think if any band can yeah. pull that off, it'd be you guys just because I mean, I Me being so. <laughs> a fan, a fan for so long too. It, like you guys are just, you just got a way about you guys that people want to be involved and want to watch what's going on from a purity standpoint, like like a pure standpoint of wanting to be interested in it, not looking for debauchery, not looking for fights, not looking for drama, right, just like right. really interested in how you guys create because you all contribute. 
so much to the the full picture, which is why it has to be you guys. So that that yeah. aspect right there would be just, I mean, you know, drop in, drop out. You know, we're we're in the studio from ten a.m. to midnight or whatever, and and you, yeah. Anyway, so you guys will hash it out. But mm. I think that would be cool. I think I think the Thrice fan base would be one that would really take advantage of that nice. and enjoy it. You know, feel yeah. a part of it for sure. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, so with that on the horizon, um, I mean. What is what you put out your your tw- top twenty records or whatever for for twenty twenty? What's really inspiring you right now? That when when you do need that inspiration, like is there is there is there things that uh, you could recommend? Because that's something I still look at is is your guys' recommendations for stuff. That's how I discovered Drug Church and like all these awesome mm-hmm. bands just from your playlists and things that you guys put out. I've been doing that since the early two thousands. Um, mm-hmm. when it was on the website, like we're reading these books and we're listening to these bands and it was always stuff right. I hadn't heard before. Is there anything yeah. out there that's really inspiring you right now that's getting you through other than your family? I mean, um, not really outside of music. My, my consumption of media is kind of limited to music that I can listen to on my runs. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any TV outside of maybe a little bit of some sort of sports. Um, I haven't seen a movie in a year outside of like Pixar stuff. Really? <laughs> for, Just for not having kids. time. Yeah. I mean, super busy with kids and, uh, you know, date nights don't really exist anymore. Movie mm-hmm. theaters don't exist. And um, the way our schedule is set up at home, like I don't have extra hours at the end of the day that I can, spend my wife to watch a movie. Um, so the consumption on that end has been pretty sparse if non-existent. Um, so it's mostly music stuff. Uh, my listening habits tend to veer towards like sludgier, darker, more bummer jam kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do like a lot of electronic stuff. Um, I've like revitalized my mega radio head fandom recently. Um, I started reading a book called this isn't happening by Stephen Hyden. That's mm-hmm. like a, a look at the making of kid a, and then kind of the periods in time before and after that for, for Radiohead, And that's, inspired me to go check out a lot of like old bootlegs and stuff. So I'm like Mm -hmm. falling in love with that band all over again. Um, as far as new stuff is concerned, I'd say my top three records from last year, um, there's a band called heads that put out a record called push last year. Um, it's really dark sludgy kind of like, uh, failure, but nastier okay. kind of record. It's amazing. I listened to it by far the most of any record last year. Um, Cloud Kicker put out a record last year that I really enjoyed. That's a one-man project. Um, this dude, Ben Sharp, programs all the drums, plays the bass, does all the effects, keys, uh, guitar playing, like incredible musician, and he does it all by himself. And mm-hmm. um And then the other one, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's a Finnish psych, like prog psych rock band called Chiron Irsay, I think. Okay. But it it sounds like 
okay computer era radiohead fused with like absolution era muse really with with like a little bit of maybe like early flaming lips in it it's just wow it was like it was like a kind of heavy nerdy proggy kind of hypnotic uh mostly uplifting rock record that i listened to mm -hmm. last year and i listened to it a ton i'd never heard of the band Bandcamp posted something about the record. I checked it out and it got me right away. And it was one of those things. I feel like every year there's a record that you haven't heard word one about that you listen to. And that first experience, it's the same way that like when you were young and the first time you ever heard like Bad Religion or Pearl Jam, these yeah. are my experiences. Um, Metallica, like you haven't heard a single note and then you hear you start listening taking that music in and it just like blows your fucking mind yeah that was uh Chiron or say this year like i had no idea they were even a band and yeah. then um it just sunk its claws in me and i just kept spinning it and kept spinning it and kept spinning it and um it's not the kind of music I think that I would want to play necessarily, but it mm -hmm. does something for me on an uh, emotional and um, in, like an inspirational level that yeah. uh, no other no other band did this year. That's crazy, dude. That's uh, I'm gonna have to Pretty check them song. out. Yeah, it's cool, man. What it, it's it, it kind of it's a weird record too because at first I was just kind of putting it on in the background while I was doing stuff with the kids or like cooking or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then little parts started jumping out and I was like, Whoa, that's super sick. Like I got to go back and listen to that like more intently. Yeah. And then I put it on again. Oh, that's, that's that part again. And then next song would come on and I'd be, Oh man, this part is amazing too. And then I took it on a few runs, which is where I can really kind of digest music and listen to it. Yeah intently and it just blew my mind dude yeah i love how much of a fan you are still of music being where it. you are in music it's awesome it there's no yeah so many people get jaded and just like kind of shy away from it or i don't yeah. listen to music i listen to talk radio only now you know there's something about it that's still there when you discover a band like that in your position where you could probably say hey if say touring comes back Let's mm -hmm. take these guys on tour. Like, do you try to reach out and establish a dialogue with bands like this that you find that you like, or do you just kind of stay a fan until it's business time? Like, who are we taking on this tour? Well, here's, I, I like these 10 bands, you know, do you try mm -hmm. to like, like establish a connection with the band, like, um, through social media or like, Hey, you know, I'm a musician too. Like love what you're doing. Uh, or Do you kind of stay back? Uh, it depends on the situation. Like I don't, I don't have any rapport with that Chiron Irsay band, but like the record that did what Chiron Irsay did for me this year uh, in 2019 was Holy Fawn. And you guys took um, them, yeah. And yeah, I had never heard them. I listened to Death Spells and it blew my mind and I was obsessed with it. And I kept posting about it on social media. I was like, you guys need to listen to this band. This record is so unbelievably good. Um, and they ended up reaching out and being like, Hey, thanks for, you know, being into our band and for yeah. promoting it. Like it's been super helpful. And I was like, all right, well then we need to figure out a way to take you on tour. 
And um, I actually told, they ended up signing with Triple Crown Records. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told Fred, the owner of Triple Crown, we were in New York. He always comes out to our shows. Um, and I was like, have you heard this Holy Fawn record? You got to hear this. And he's like, no, I haven't heard it. And then the next thing I know, they're signed uh, <laughs> to Triple Crown. Yes. And then uh, I showed it to our booking agent. Our booking agent was like, holy shit, this is rad. Like, how do I book these guys? He started booking them. Um, and then when it came time to do the VC tour, I was like, can we please take Holy Fawn out? Like, I love this band. They're good dudes. Um, they're hungry. Yeah. And they're not jaded. Mm -hmm. um, they're really, really sweet dudes and they're hungry and they're doing things the right way and they write incredible music. Um, so we ended up taking them out, but yeah, I mean, long story short again, um, if I like something enough, I will do everything in my power to get the band to take them out or do everything in my individual power to make sure that more people hear it. Cause yeah. there were bands that did that for us. I can't put my finger on a single one right now, but, um, there were bands that helped us out when we were just starting and we turned it into a career and it wouldn't mm -hmm. have been possible if we didn't have help from those bands. So um, I want to help younger bands out and help bands that maybe don't have the, the voice that, uh, that we have um, get heard by people. Yeah, man. That's, that's the best part right there. That's incredible. That's an awesome story. That, that <laughs> band is incredible. And, uh, I'm so bummed. I was so I was down talking to Ed for like two and a half hours or something on the couch in the basement of the Roseland instead of mm -hmm. watching Holy Fawn, Teenage Wrist, and the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And to where like Teenage Wrist blew my mind too. Like I had never heard him before. I didn't hear him that night. But when mm -hmm. I listened to him on spot, I was like, this is incredible. So and now good. I'm kicking myself because they were playing right upstairs and Ed and I were probably talking about basses or like building guitars or something or skateboarding, right. which I cherish, but I should have been up there like at least checking out a song or two, but, uh, right. But yeah, Marshall's going to come on the show. Uh, uh, oh, nice. And we, we just need to work out a time. It's just been so busy, but, um, I love that. I love that story, dude. And, and just watching you over the years, watching you guys and how you guys interacted with people kind of showed us even how to tour, like how to kind of bro down with people and just be, be nice and, and respectful and, but, but interested and, and open to mm -hmm. things like just from the sidelines, like just seeing that, you know, um, was, was paramount for us, like making friends with other bands and learning how to do yeah. it just from a distance, you know? So the reach yeah. goes further than, you know, and, uh, yeah. it, it always has. And, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. It's important. I mean, it's important. I feel like, you know, uh, from being on tour, it's hard being away from family and you don't have family outside of your band and your crew on tour. Yeah. But the seeds you sow with the people that you meet, um, or the bands that you tour with that can become your extended family and the road can be a lonely place. And, um, the more friends you have on the road, the more bands that you're friends with, um, it's only going to be beneficial. So there's no, there's no reason to like not engage with people mm -hmm. on the road. I mean, um, 
you know, we've got friendships like with you, like that's 20, 20 year friendship almost. (laughs) And then bands we've been on tour with, um, that will come and hang when we play in their city. And Mm -hmm. it feels good to be able to see people that you love and, and enjoy being around when you can't be with the people that you love and enjoy being around at home. Yeah. So it's weird um, when you're locale, like your local, like when you don't tour and you're, your whole life, you live, say you live in, in, uh, uh, Irvine and mm-hmm. you know, like I know some people in LA, I know some people in San Diego, I know some people here, like that's your world. But when mm-hmm. the world becomes your locale, because I have friends in Australia, I have friends in Finland, I have friends. So whenever I'm there, I'm going to see so-and-so. Right. Just like it was yesterday. It's mm-hmm. such a cool thing to think of your web as being not like just on the internet, but when I show up here, these three people are going to be here. Like my friends in LA or my friends wherever. Yep. It's my friends in Russia. It's my friends. That's such a cool feeling to know. Yeah. Like if something changed and you had to move, like you probably know some people in that town that could plug you mm-hmm. into things. Like it's such a valuable thing and it just yeah. shows connections on such a deeper level. Um, and your whole worldview changed because you're looking at the world. as like, okay, in two months, I'm going to be seeing so-and-so and so-and-so, not like, okay, Tuesday, I'm going to go up to LA, you know, I'm going to go down here, you know, it's just such a cool mm-hmm. thing that people, not a ton of people get to experience. Yeah. Um, it's priceless, just like what we That's got from touring. It's so weird too, sometimes, occasionally, we'll be on tour and it'll be like, oh yeah, well, that band just doesn't talk to anybody. Or like, oh, that guy doesn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. How can you, how can you do that? (laughs) You know, I mean, everybody's got their own demons or, uh, their own norms and, you know, some people have social anxiety or something like that. And I understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've been on tour with bands where it's just like, yeah, I didn't really talk to any of those guys. Like I was around, but I didn't see any of them. They didn't like Mm -hmm. talk to us. Nothing. Yeah. Um, it's always such a weird thing to like, if if it's not like a, a serious social anxiety thing um to be like yeah they just chose not to experience something that they could experience you know yeah yeah you toured with you toured with one of the most notorious with uh with Weezer with uh Rivers <laughs> <laughs> who has yeah. so many stories going around i don't know what's true what's not and i try not to dig into that either but yeah. From from the general consensus, I think you've toured with one of the most notorious people with social anxiety probably uh, yeah. around. He's so you a, know exactly what you're talking about. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I worked on and off for them for, I would say, a decent amount of a two-year period or so. Yeah. And I guarantee you, he has no idea who I am. And That's I was there hilarious. every day. Yeah guarantee you he has no idea who i am i don't Dude. he didn't he never knew my name for sure <laughs> which is That's fine. incredible but yeah i mean it's just how certain certain bands operate i guess yeah. you know like they don't want to know the help but they want to know that the help is there and doing their it. job and in his defense i was not working directly for him yeah like he had his tech um but i was there yeah. i mean i was in the in the crew bus and on stage setting stuff up and like <laughs> making sure everybody like his bassist and drummer were okay before they went on stage, but he just, yeah. 
That's, Some people need to operate like that. I mean, yeah. That's wild, man. I forget who told me the story of him after they played getting in a in a road case and getting wheeled out to the bus and then getting out and getting mm-hmm. into the bus. I, I don't know who told me that story. It was someone on the show and I don't remember who, but mm-hmm. uh yeah. I we animated him. We animated him oh on the God. uh the John Gorley episode. He was telling how Rivers was like, How did you write that that song? He's like, dude, mm-hmm. you took all the good bridges. Like you wrote you wrote like you you stole all the bridges. And we animated Rivers and John having this conversation. And I think Damian Lillard was in there too. And mm-hmm. I like tagged him and everything. I never heard anything back, of course, but I, hopefully he saw it because if someone animates you, it's a pretty cool thing, I think. But yeah, I think that's oh, well. a alley too. But uh, <laughs> dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. I I appreciate it a lot. And well, what did you do for your birthday yesterday? That's a uh, um, what did I do? Quarantine birthday. We all had them this yeah. year. We didn't. We didn't really do much. Uh, last two years, we've for my birthday, we've gone up to to big bear to kind of get away from everything and Mm -hmm. let the kids play around in the snow. And, um, it's just kind of good. It's been a good way for us to kind of reset at the, at the top of the year, Mm -hmm. just to get out into the, the wilderness a bit. Couldn't do that this year because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but, um, we just laid low. We went and got some like fancy pants donuts, uh, donut friend. Uh, no, there's this place called Oli Boli in Tustin. That's a really fancy donut shop. So we had that in lieu of cake. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had some Japanese takeout for dinner, which is like my favorite food. Yeah. Uh, watched a kid's movie and just kind of hung out just the, the four of us. My brother stopped by for a second, say hi and wish me happy birthday, which was nice. Um, but that was it. And that's all I need, really. Yeah. And my kids are like, what do you want for your birthday? <laughs> I was like, I want happy kids and a happy wife. That's really all I need. Dude, I can tell you mean that, too. That's special. Yeah. A lot of people say that but don't mean it. But I, I know you mean nah, it, man. That's I, awesome. I, it makes everything easier. Yeah. <laughs> happy wife, happy life is what they say. Yep. <laughs> There's all sorts of phrases like that. But, dude, well... Uh, no doubt. Happy birthday. I, I know I Thanks, texted man. you yesterday, but happy birthday again. And uh, hopefully Thank this you. year improves things and we see a lot more um, uh, coming out of you guys. And, and hopefully this vaccine works. Yeah. Get back to shows. But, you know, if it doesn't work, I hope you continue to to fight the good fight and and, and keep pushing forward and, and doing what you can do and being there for the kids and, you know. We'll both try to make our fathers proud, right? Likewise, man. But that's uh, that's all we can do. Yeah, just keep keep grinding. Absolutely, dude. Keep doing keep doing the damn thing. <laughs> yes, sir. Is there anything you want to plug? Like, I mean, Classic Grit, uh, just I mean, on Instagram at Classic Grit. Um, if if the clothing, you, yeah. If you, if you're into baseball, uh, Instagram at Classic Grit. Uh, into baseball and music. I mean, we have some stuff that's like not super baseball related too. Um, yeah. if you want to support a small business, you can do that. Um, but you don't have to, um, what else? And then on my personal Instagram at Riley Breck, I don't know how much I'm going to do it this year. I would assume a lot because if we're going to be kind of locked down for a majority of 2021, I'll be running a lot in the morning. I post a photo of, 
the sunrise that I end up looking at. Sometimes it's cool looking and sometimes it's not very cool looking. Um, but I try to either talk about a new record that I'm listening to for the first time or revisiting like a classic um, and just sharing that with people, like how the record makes me feel and uh, encouraging people to check it out. Um, I've had a lot of good feedback about that. And it's ended up being a cool thing for me because it keeps me accountable. It gets me out there. It gets me exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, running has proved to be very good for my mental health during this whole lockdown thing. Um, and if I can do that, keep myself accountable on the exercise tip and then use it to experience new music and then share that with people. Um, I think it's a win-win for everybody. It's, way better than having my Instagram with just like photos of drums all the time. I feel like, yeah, sure. Um, just trying to share music with people. So that's what I do there. Well, dude, that's awesome, man. And I thank you. Thank you so much for coming on again, dude. I appreciate it a lot. It's my uh, pleasure. You know, it's been a a long running friendship and I'm glad we could get it done. And, and, uh, dude, just all the luck in the world to you, man. And, and, uh, keep in touch and, and I'll let you know when this is coming out and everything like usual, but, um, cool. just keep your head up, man. I mean, I will. you too. we're all, we're all in it together in, <laughs> in our own way. You know, we're all struggling, you know, with kids and things like that. That's one thing I think about every once in a while is if I get really stressed out, like someone down the street or friends are, are doing the same thing right now, you know? Yeah. So, um, we're all doing it, but if yeah. you need anything, just reach out, man. And, and, uh, I'm always here. So, likewise man awesome be good okay buddy be well we'll see you soon love you man all right love you too bye all right guys i hope you enjoyed that episode with riley breckenridge from thrice one of my good buddies from 20 plus years uh and one of my favorite bands so i really cheers to him for coming on uh and thank you guys for coming back week after week i really appreciate that um we've got so much big stuff coming it's crazy i've got all these episodes done i'm just trying to figure out what order to put them out in I'm doing multiple episodes every week. So one episode coming out a week leaves me with a backlog because I'm doing four to five a week. So needless to say, there's tons of stuff coming out. If you want to know who's coming up early, you can check out the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. Um, I post who I'm talking to each week, uh, you know, say how it went, just some insider stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. So go sign up for that. Uh, check out Classic Grit, Riley's company, a sponsor of the show. Uh, check out uh, writer Evan Robeson Studios over on Instagram for some leather works and some amazing, amazing goods. Uh, check out Sweet Drop CBD. Uh, pleasure, all capitals is the code for 25% off your order. Sweetdrop.com. Check out SX Coffee Roasters. That's my buddy uh, Aaron Dahlbeck from Bain. SXCoffeeRoasters.com. Pleasure is the code to get 10% off your order for his small batch roasted coffee and it's fantastic so go check it out all right guys i've like i said i've got a ton of shit going on i've got a ton of episodes to do i'm doing one here in about 10 minutes so i'm going to sign off here but as always we'll see you on the radio
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.